Like Mary Romeo. <laughs> Mary. I want to call you Romero for some reason. Do That's, people do that? People do that all the time. Why? Yeah, Why I do I want to do that? They, they just add the extra R. I think it's because you can't believe my last name is Romeo. Like, I feel like well, that's Mary? hard for people to understand. Romeo. It's just such a cool name. Yeah. I can't believe it's real. It's, yeah. It's a great name. <laughs> so somebody a, changed it at some point in your life or was it always like that? No, it was always that. I was named after my grandma. It's it's funny. It's I feel like it's a very like romantic name. Like it's very Mary romantic. Romeo. Yes. But I'm not a romantic person at all. Like fuck yeah. relationships and marriage and all yeah. that stuff. It comes with <laughs> a lot of weight, I would imagine. Yeah. Having heard your... Uh, my it, set? Yeah, that was the <laughs> uh, name set does not fit. Right? Was, <laughs> totally. Uh, yep. But it's perfect. Like uh, dark and light. Uh-huh. There we go. All right. So I guess we should kind of tell people what's going on because we're just sitting here talking uh, <laughs> randomly, which is cool. So we have Mary Romeo here with us. Uh, we ran into her at the, Homedy, uh, the Harrisburg Comedy Zone. Uh, you're in town. Yeah. Originally from York, mm -hmm. but residing in the fancy town of L.A., that's uh, yep that's my home now that's Three your home years. would you say it's your home honestly yeah when i first got there i like never felt more at home somewhere wow and i have a full story about like how i got there we can get into that yeah please Ooh. do yeah so um basically like i was working at a news station i was working at cbs 21 um right after i graduated college around here yeah okay and it was it was a fun job but i was working like the graveyard shift i would have to get mm. there at 1 a.m i would get off at 9 a.m it was brutal yeah and i just didn't want to do it anymore i always wanted to work in comedy so did you I, go for journalism yeah well so that was my plan. degree was communications media yeah which i thought i could like write or like work in tv possibly so starting at cbs 21 was a good like starting point you were excited yeah. You got the job yeah, and you're like, I was I'm like, going to oh, be a I'm reporter. In TV. Like, this is cool. Yeah. I, I didn't think I could be a reporter because that takes several steps. I was an associate producer. So I helped write some of the stories and like figure out like where to put them on. So on. write the stories. <laughs> so the people we see on TV and they're talking, mm -hmm. that's like a script. Yes. So somebody wrote that script. Yes. They didn't write it? No, they don't write it. That, that's mind blowing. I thought they were that smart that so they came up with that. No, <laughs> they they're like the actors. They just were they're given a script and really? they say it. I mean, they work Seems on other stuff. Easy. They work on like community outreach and like doing their own like little sto like stories like about the community and yeah. like well, they have to come up with stories, too, because I was yeah. friends with somebody who did it, and they said, like, they're constantly getting asked to, like, come up with stuff. Mm -hmm. They do. They they have to come up with stuff all the time, and mm -hmm. then they, they work on it for, like, a week. It's usually, like, a pretty long story with, like, you know, other people that they have to interview and they yeah. drive to them. And, it, yeah. It's, do you it's judge them as somebody that writes? <laughs> Look, at she's laughing. <laughs> she sees them do their thing, like, oh, here we go. It's like. <laughs> no, I definitely respect. I respect the news industry so much because it is so overworked and underpaid and yep. underappreciated yep. and it's just it's kind of a little bit like comedy in a way but it's just so sad and serious all the time yeah so when i was working at the news station i was like this is just awful i need to get out of here mm -hmm. i was only doing it for nine months and then i started uh doing mics at harrisburg comedy zone that was my first ever well, how did, so mic. that's a good question so and i'm sorry if i keep interrupting you just throw <laughs> shit at me or something but so i'm interested in that part i'm interested in all of it but and me and bob talk about this like the progression of somebody that goes you know what i can do comedy mm -hmm. right i can do it and i'm sorry if this is a redundant conversation for you maybe people have asked you what clicks what goes yeah i'm gonna do it 
Um, okay, so in college, I went to IUP, Indiana mm-hmm. University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and I started doing the TV show there, but they just had like a college TV station. And I started doing this like advice segment called Dear Mary, where I would like write fake <laughs> advice letters Is that out to there myself. Like, oh yeah, it's all, it's all on YouTube. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I would write these fake satire advice letters to myself, and then I would answer them. And it was there that I was. It really clicked, like yeah. joke writing. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is so fun. Like, yeah. you write a concept, and you like become this character, and yeah, yeah. And I I loved it, and it really like. I also noticed that it resonated with people because it was on TV. People could watch it. Mm-hmm. So I had like a student and a teacher like come up to me and be like, hey, that thing that you said, like I really liked it or mm-hmm. like would recite like something that I said. And I was like, OK, so what I'm saying is funny and it's resonating with people. And that's when I was like, now I really want to see where this can go. You I like never- the attention. Of people like well, not, I don't. No, okay, so that's a negative word, right? They like the attention. We all like attention at some level, but you like the recognition that, like, oh my god, I I can be funny. The validation, maybe the validation and the um like connection that I feel like I can mm. make with people. Yeah. It's like, oh, what I'm saying it resonates, and they like they like feel a certain way, and they like relate mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. So that yeah that really like pushed me to do it. I never thought in my life I could be a stand up comedian. Like, really. I I just didn't think that was like really in the cards because I didn't really know how it worked, um, but I was always fascinated by like Judd Apatow and how like mm-hmm. he would like interview people and mm-hmm. I always knew like it was a very long journey but I just never knew that like I would be on it, and my roommate who I actually live with in L.A. now, she had a we went to um, we were college roommates and she had a project that was like to take a person. Um, and do like a whole PR campaign on them, whether they were a musician or an actor or some type of entertainer. And so she picked me and she made this whole campaign about me being a comedian oh. before I Before you were a comedian? Be- so wait, you comedian. moved to LA before you... So I started, so basically like it all started when I... Um, I was at this job and I was really miserable and sad and I just wanted to work to be funny so badly mm-hmm. and um, it was post-college and I hit up this aunt who I never met before she is just this person in my life her name's Christine Romeo uh. and I she's my dad's cousin mm-hmm. so I had like heard her name around the family and stuff but I had never met her before and I just knew that she lived in LA. So mm-hmm. I called her up one day, we got in touch, and I was like, I just want to like work in comedy. And she was like, well, if you wanna be funny and you wanna write, then you should start saying your jokes out loud, like, and start getting immediate feedback. She said this feedback. to you? Yeah. Wait, is, how- is she a comedian? Yeah. So she's a, um, she's an actor, and she's like acted in a couple things. Oh, her okay. career like hasn't really taken off, you know, the way. That After this podcast, she's going <laughs> to yeah. blow up. Oh, yeah, well, for she, sure. Is she from York as well? Or? <laughs> she's from Boston. My whole family is from the Boston area. Okay. So, um, so yeah, she's really the one that was like, you should start doing stand-up. Which is a good advice. Say it out loud. Absolutely. I think that's good advice. So, and then when she said it, I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess I should. So then I started looking up like local open mics and I found Harrisburg Comedy Zone Mm -hmm. and I went there and- By yourself or did you take friends? I, I did, I brought friends for sure. Um, And so obviously like when you bring your friends and you do it for the first time, like you feel like you killed and you're like, oh my God, I'm so (laughs) good at this. Like I can definitely make it Mm -hmm. my career. Yeah, no problem. 
but I would do the open mics and then go to work immediately after oh, yeah, because I was working shift. at one a.m. So yeah. that it was just like a really weird schedule um, time in my life, and I also did. But maybe improv. it fits though, like. Because you could you could write all day or something like maybe it gave you the free time to do that and then yeah I mean it was I was basically nocturnal like I didn't really hang out with my friends mm -hmm. anymore because I just had such an odd schedule mm -hmm. but um, yeah and then I also joined in, an improv group in Harrisburg and it definitely made me realize like I loved stand up and mm -hmm. I really didn't fuck with improv mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, not that, not that I, I don't like it I just didn't like relying on other people for jokes and humor like I like just making up my own. Stuff. Mm -hmm. so, so that's the big difference between improv and stand-up is that you're playing off other people Definitely. with improv. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because you have a um, team and you yes and and you come up with a lot of people do like accents and stuff. I can't do. I can't <laughs> do that. I just straight like set up punchline. Yeah, in your York accent, uh, exactly. Whatever that is, <laughs> Pennsylvania so, Dutch. Yeah, like I've had people say, if you want to get into comedy, start with improv, and. Mm -hmm. I'm not really looking to add people to my circle. I'm a grumpy <laughs> old man, and I'm just comfortable with the people I have. Right. And so improv, you really have to get comfortable I think with it's a, it's a helpful skill for sure, and, and it helps you be able to riff on stage and do crowd work and stuff. So it is a helpful skill. I just... I just didn't personally like it and want to... I knew it was useful, and, and I had fun, but I just didn't want to, like, continue doing it i really just put everything into stand-up and was like i'm going all in but you must have got some kind of skill from the improv do you I feel think, like you I got anything so. from i think it made me yeah just a little more comfortable like working with people and like yeah coming up with stuff off the top of my head and yeah well, the stage work that was the most um that was the thing that i looked at the most at that show um but also other shows is just that read that you have to get on the audience. And mm -hmm. Manny tried to do it, like, mm -hmm. right out of the gate. Yeah. And he was like, I'm struggling here. And then you were right up after him. Right. And that had to be a tough spot to come in because you still didn't know who it was because it's the first time they've done a feature set mm -hmm. on a Tuesday. Right. And, and there was there was pretty a good amount of people there for I that. thought so. Yeah. It, on yeah. a Tuesday, that was But it was, it was, great. It was a, also a very diverse audience. And it was so spread out, too. Yeah. It was like... I really noticed that the laughs just kept trickling, like, like into the back. Like, it would take a while for, like, a joke to really hit. Mm. So knowing, like, the timing of that and, mm. like, you know, you don't want to, like, step on your your punch lines and, like, the laughter and stuff. But I, I also noticed, like, I never want to be someone that, like, blames the audience or, mm. like, which I did. I actually did, like, I kind of was, like, trying to joke around and kid with someone and be, like, just... I hear an, I hear you saying yes, but you're not <laughs> laughing. Like what? Um, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I, to be fair to to you and the audience, um, I mean, it's a small comedy, like small market. Post pandemic, everybody's like, "Oh, I can laugh. Yeah. I can actually enjoy myself and have a good time." There was a little bit of that. I think that they're like in talking to some people afterwards, they felt good about laughing, but it took them till the third set right? to even realize that, mm -hmm. oh, I'm allowed to hang out with people and laugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you were coming into a really a challenging, tight yeah, room. it was very yeah. tight, tight. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was fun. And it's, it's doing this whole road trip has really, I've seen such a spectrum of shows. 
I've been able to do like dive bars in front of 20 people talking and chattering in the back to clubs with like 300 people. And so that's what you're doing now. You're yeah. doing kind of a because okay. I thought maybe you just came in to visit and hey, I'll do these things because they're going on. And then boom. Yeah. So you're actually doing like a. I'm, I'm on a full on cross country comedy tour. Yeah. Wow. Just, Legit tour. Like <laughs> how many how many stops do you have after this? After this, um, I'm going to... You're doing Hanover Friday, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, Hanover Friday, and then me and my friend Kaylee Parks, who I went to high school, college, and we worked together after college. Um, we're doing like a little party show at her house. and then Party show at her house? Yeah, yeah. Okay. She has like a party house, but we're going to do comedy <laughs> there first. Um, Sounds fun, yeah. And then does she yeah. do comedy or no? She doesn't do comedy. Okay, but it's just you. Is it any more comics? Um, Mike O'Donnell. Okay. Manny and Charles. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. The crow. Yeah. Bob. Um, so yeah, and then after Charles that, Charles is so damn funny. Dude, he's hilarious. Oh my god, you Which saw Charles. You thought you went to high school with him. He's like, I went to high school with that guy. Uh, I'm like, ah, I don't know if you went to high school with no, him. Yeah, but. yeah. He looks like a guy that went to high school with me. Oh my <laughs> god, exactly like a dead ringer. Dude, yeah. my first experience with Charles is I not my first experience, but I I was going to open mic for like two and a half years, just being a creeper, like watching, like I'm this weird person. <laughs> if I'm interested in something, want to do it, I voyeur it forever. And uh, I pull into the parking lot one time, and I knew he was like, you know, he liked to smoke pot and w whatever the case is. But man, that dude really gets high. I pulled in, and he looked up at me like I like he he was staring at me in the parking lot, and I'm like, hey man, it's okay. Like I put my hands up, and he was just like went right back to what he was doing. I'm like, wow, like he was so scared and startled when I showed up. So well, you might you have a me. little bit of cop energy. I <laughs> is think. that what it is? Yeah, I guess my... Uh, <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I got to watch you what do. vehicle I drive. Hey, so what are you doing? Like your Q&A with the uh, podcast actually is cop energy. <laughs> I guess so, man. Yeah, but that's my experience with him. Man, God damn, he's funny. Yeah, he's really he's funny. They so all funny. Are. I'm really excited to see yeah. Mike, too, because I haven't seen him do comedy yet. I ran into Charles at an open mic in Lancaster like last week. So, well, this brings up a good well, point. So, hold on one second. When you leave Pennsylvania, though, where do you go? I'm going to uh, Atlantic City for a few days, New York City, uh, wow. then Boston for my cousin's wedding. Because this whole thing, I'm calling it the All My Friends Are Getting Married Tour. Oh. Yeah, I only, yeah, I only have two that. friends that are getting married, but it's within a month of each other. So I didn't want to keep flying back and forth. So I just, I just decided to drive. Mm -hmm. So then after the wedding, I'm going to do the northern route back and do like Cleveland, Chicago, Milwaukee, mm -hmm. Omaha, Denver. You're going to drive this. I'm going to drive. So do you have a reliable car? Yeah, I just bought myself a car in 2020. You had to. Then you're I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah, yeah, because me and my roommate got into like a nasty car accident. My whole face was was messed up, unrecognizable. Wow. Yeah. And um, so, and we had been sharing a car for two years in LA. Oh, good friends. And, right? I know. She's, she's the best. And it worked out for some reason because she mm -hmm. worked from home and I walked to work. So we really had no scheduling conflicts, but it was hard. It was really challenging to try and like <laughs> be like, all right, well, I'm going to drop the car off at this <laughs> location and then I'll send it to you. And then mm -hmm. you have to meet me there and then drop the keys <laughs> off. At, it was, it was fucking a mission. Yeah. But yeah, so it's been great to have our own cars and do our own things. And yeah, I mean, it prompted this whole journey. I was like, well, that's not, really fun. Not really doing anything. So and is this your first tour? This is my first tour. Yeah. First of many? First of many. I really love the road. I love meeting new people and like seeing where my jokes work. Going and to I've basements when people invite you to them. <laughs> I did post on my Instagram. I was like, I'm going to these dudes' basements. <laughs> so I really. Dudes, we're, we're not together. <laughs> we're beyond brother in laws. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah, I hope they don't kill me. And then I saw this sweet setup, and I was like, Nah, it's legit. <laughs> <laughs> Not as good as it can get, right? Yeah, I mean, this is yeah, like I said, this is, this is awesome. the this is the hide from your family five thousand. <laughs> this is about as cool as it gets. So, so well, the jokes works doesn't work thing is something we talked about yeah. before. Like, there's this part of reading an audience or knowing a city, and that's the beauty of stand-up comedy is or not beauty it's the pain is that you can write these jokes and prepare them and it works like york jokes mm -hmm. work here right mm -hmm. but then you're doing a new city new audience right and if you go back to back nights even it's two different audiences yeah so, i always find it interesting how like you could say the same joke the same way 10 times and it could do amazing nine times out of 10 but there's like that one time that it just totally bombs and like i don't know what it is or what's in the air or just like the one pause that you made at that one time just threw the whole thing off and the timing and it it's just such like a mathematic equation of like how you set it up what words you choose to use and when and like every word counts and so it's not a mathematic equation <laughs> <laughs> oh you have such good memory yes. you. so sweet well so you bring up a good point so just thinking about that like i am not a type a personality right like i have to be very uh disciplined with that like i have to really put solid thought into it and you've probably met other comedians that are a little flighty or maybe like jump all around mm -hmm. how do they cope with that like so are you a type like, so first of all are you a type a person like somebody that and it gets analytical with it. A little bit. I mean, I definitely feel like my biggest strength is writing and not performing. And I'm really hoping that this tour helps me just like let loose and be a better performer. Because sometimes I feel like I'm a little tight on stage where like I really stick to the script. And and then I have some friends like Miranda Meadows. Shout out to her. She is an L.A. comedian, like one of my best friends. And she is just so like loud and flighty and like crazy on stage and you know and I feel like for her she looks at me and she goes yeah but you're you're a really good writer and and she's a really good performer mm -hmm. and so you know I we help each other like uh gain those skills that we both lack um, so do they take feedback from people like hey you should have said it this way and then they apply that or they just keep doing their same shit and then I mean <laughs> like get booed off stage <laughs> No, she's she's so funny and she's really good with like crowd work and riffing and stuff. And she does have material, but she's just so like relaxed and yeah. and just uh, herself on stage. And yeah. sometimes I feel like I just go up there and I stand yeah. with a, and tell jokes into a microphone. Well, where yeah, as, yeah, she does yeah, theater. So I want to get back to the um, like city to city. Like, w like, is there anything that you do or you know ahead of time? So if you're analytical, like if I'm analytical, so. I'd know that I'd want to get a read first. Yeah. And like the setup is like, how do I figure out what this group is? And if like you were the opener, so you didn't get anything. You right. got Manny uh -huh. and he got nothing. Because it, unfortunately <laughs> he got nothing. I thought well, no, he, he was doing good. He did great. He, he did great. He, he did a like fantastic Manny. job, but I, I still think it was the audiences. I don't even know how to laugh. They, right. <laughs> no, it definitely yeah. took them a while to warm up for yeah. sure. They just, yeah, they just weren't weren't sure. But I, I so I like to get to a show early and I like to like scope it out. And I always try to like pick up on something that's happening and then like riff on it when mm. I get up there. So it just like something I feel like off the cuff just really helps the audience like like relax or something mm -hmm. and be like, Oh, okay, yeah, this person like 
is saying something for the first time. Like, and that's always refreshing. I've seen, and this is interesting that you say that because I've, you know, go and see comedians and it's interesting when they're from out of town, they do pick something that they brought to the show that's very personal, whether it's a billboard out front or it's something specific to that area. And like, um, it's intentional to that point, what you're saying, maybe to kind of get them to like relax, like have an association with the comedian on stage, you're experiencing the same thing and then move forward. I have noticed that, that a lot of yeah. comedians do that from out of town. Yeah, or just like riffing on the room and being like, but but not mm -hmm. in a way that makes fun of the room. Yeah. Because when you make fun of the room, yeah. then it makes people feel uncomfortable and, yeah. and be like, well, you should be grateful to be here. Why are you making fun of it? Yeah. So that's kind of like a fine Have you ever line. screwed up? Have you oh yeah! Like, you're like oh shit! Yeah, like when made you fun try of the handicapped guy in the front <laughs> <row> or something. <laughs> She's never screwed up. Never. <laughs> no, I'm perfect all the time. She's perfect. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it's getting that first laugh is so so important because when it when it hits, you just are on such a high and you, yeah. you're just riding this roller coaster. And when yeah. your first laugh bombs, you fucking spiral and unravel yeah. and like. So yeah, getting that first laugh is like so important and sometimes a riff doesn't work and sometimes it does yeah. and it's just a fucking gamble every time yeah. and yeah, I, I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. There was a city that you mentioned that I'm not going to mention just to be <laughs> safe here, but um, I understand what you were talking about that night that in that city, your particular type of comedy, you know, was probably not like hitting right then. And, right. Um, so city to city, it's just got to be like. I gotta figure this out. Yeah, like, you just gotta go observe, see what people are talking about. That's another thing too. Like, if everyone on the lineup is doing abortion jokes, then like I'm not gonna. I mean, maybe I'll do mine, but I don't want to be like stale and say like the same thing. Yeah. Like I want to, you know, switch it up. Bobby invited me to the uh, stand-up comedy zone two weeks ago, mm. and there was thirty comics. I think twenty-six did jokes on online dating. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like, and it's not relevant to me in any way, shape or form. Like I just, uh, you know, I just doesn't, right. I mean, it could be because I have uh -huh. a friend who is involved with that, who's my age. And he tells me stories that are related to my age, but the jokes were all relevant to people who are in online dating. And the fact that all 27 did it like time after time. It's wild. It was, you know. Was like, it, th were they the same jokes? Did they have different uh, perspectives? Uh, yeah, for the most part, they were they were a little bit different. For, like there was like I mean, there's 62 genders, so right now the, there's different perspectives in <laughs> <Yeah>. online <laughs> dating jokes, and that was the perspectives. It wasn't perspectives of situations that right. like if you could take an online like dating joke right now and just throw it out there, um, with the two of us being the audience, you can probably nail it because you know who we are a little bit, right? Like get a feel, but. This was all the same joke. They were telling jokes to each other. See, I always feel like it's, I mean, obviously we're all going to like overlap material and talk about Ubers and like, yeah, dating uh, apps and stuff like that. But it's all about like your angle, your experience and like telling a joke that no one else can tell. Like if it only happened to you and you're telling your experience, then you should never worry about someone taking your joke or having the same angle or something because it's just so specific to you. Mm -hmm. And that's why I feel like, like getting into like the joke writing and telling, I always just try and like pick something that's like just so specific to me and like something that's real that happened. I have a really hard time telling jokes that don't fit 
like who I am anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I just feel really inauthentic and like phony. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I really like try and stick with the stuff that's like currently happening in my life. Cause then I feel like, like so present, like telling them, like sometimes when I'm telling old jokes and they're not relevant anymore, I feel like I'm just like reading a script yeah. or like, I'm just like picking back in like my old like memory banks or something. So yeah. the live nude photo actually happened. That, that, <laughs> that actually happened. Yes. <laughs> you remembered all my bits. That was I a good one. Yeah, the kids are like good, staring. Yeah. 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 That was funny. That's definitely like one of my favorite jokes. And and every time I tell it, like I feel like there's someone after the show <laughs> or like someone in my Instagram that's like, oh my God, like that totally happened to me yeah. too. <laughs> It's like the iPhone actually is creating this situation that helps you feel like your parents because <laughs> so many features are coming onto it that you don't know how to use. And that live photo one was like, I don't know how to use this. And I felt like I was trying to teach my parents how to set the timer mm -hmm. on their VCR when right. I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> we had a friend who uh, he's got a, he's got a little guy and going to daycare and he made friends with a daycare worker and they were feeling a certain way about each other. And she decided she was going to send him some phone postcards and uh, you look, she left location services on, like on the pictures. And I don't know what caused them to look at this, but it was like the bathroom of the daycare that she was sending these. And he's oh, like, that's so oh my God. Like he just funny. felt, yeah, he just felt all kinds of emotions. But at the same time, he's like, she's kind of hot. So that's yeah. kind of naughty. <laughs> very like naughty. That. Very Wait, naughty. So location services pins you down to a room? Uh, it, it was like the pin <laughs> was on I'm, Google I'm Maps. I'm in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a good tag. So that's you brought up um, <laughs> writing, and that's one of your strengths. And I can say that's one of my weaknesses, right? I try to I try to write, and I'm very curious about people's writing habits, how they get to the point where it's actually a joke. You know, you don't have to tell me every uh, nut and bolt of it, but like writing, right? So you, what is your writing routine? What does that look like? Well, I definitely don't have a routine, but I feel like that's kind of what helps me stay like on my feet and stuff. Like if I woke up every morning and was like, okay, I have to write. Mm. I feel like I wouldn't be able to come up with the stuff that I do. Like I, every time I'm on a long car drive, I always try to like take 10 minutes to just like talk to myself and just like tell stories. And I like record it mm -hmm. on my phone so that I can look back later mm -hmm. and see if anything like anything that I said was funny or notable. You look um, back in a couple of days, a couple of weeks. Yeah. And, and like especially that. now I've been like really documenting this whole road trip. So I've been like doing a lot of talking to myself and just like reflecting and telling stories and stuff. And that's how I feel like my writing, what my writing starts with is like telling a story mm -hmm. and then taking the, the funny part of that story and just like putting punchlines in it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great advice that goes back to your aunt as well. Like say it out loud. Mm -hmm. And so you're just saying it out loud right. to yourself. Oh, yeah. And then you use that for your source material. Oh, yeah. I talk mm -hmm. to myself all the time. <laughs> That's good. All the time. It's, it's about, but I feel like when you, I don't know. I mean, everybody has a different habit. And I used to type out a lot, but I would literally type every single word, like down to the likes. And that was like, like, well, like. I'm so like precise in it like i'd rather just speak it out loud because mm -hmm. that's what like i'm gonna be saying it mm -hmm. instead of like actually writing it mm -hmm. and then sometimes sometimes if i'm feeling like up i don't know like i need like a change of pace or something i have a notebook and i like to write jokes too because then i feel like i'm more careful with my words and i'm not typing the likes and the ands and the what it like 
just every single word, like when I'm actually physically writing with a pen. Because you don't want to buy another pen. Yeah, I want to like, yeah, be very concise and (laughs) use like three lines to tell one joke. Is that a good thing though, to be critical in yourself while you're writing? Like, okay, uh, do I want to write that? Do I not want to write that? Because I always hear there's different, like, uh, and this is the how I'm trying to write, and there's different silos, right? There's like the say whatever the fuck comes on your mind, just kind of explode and vomit on a piece of paper, and then refine and then refine and then refine. Like, you can kind of find stuff in there. I think that's good advice. Um, I do that a lot when I'm, like, trying to write a script or something. I'm like, what is every possibility that could ever happen? Like, what does this character want to know about themselves? And then I just mm. completely vomit. But when I'm, like, trying to write jokes, like, mm. I feel like, yeah, because when I write jokes, I want to be concise. I, I, I want to use as little words as possible, and mm-hmm. I want to get a joke every 15 to 20 seconds. Right. So <clears throat> that can, like, condensing the writing is so hard as well. Like, because mm-hmm. your joke in your brain is 60 words on page right right so then taking that 60 words and turning it into 10 that's where the mystery is for me when you said like i don't know how to break that membrane like it seems complicated like that's what it is is like how to refine something down to that diamond i mean that just seems so complicated to me in my brain it's hard it's like you take especially like when you're at a five minute open mic you take a story that's five minutes and you and you you tell it the whole you know it's like your whole bit that whole five minutes and then you listen back to it and you're like okay well where did i get the laughs so let's pinpoint that. Why did I not get a laugh? Like, and it's really, it ta- it kind of reminds me of the news where like you're at a fifth grade reading level. That's what the news is. Like, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now that you pointed out, like, it I, is. I mean, I've, I've thought about it before, but not is it at really? that point. Yeah, it is. And now I'm going to yeah. watch the news uh-huh. the same. I'm going to have to do it, get a coloring book. <laughs> now, so they're taking the news <laughs> and it. putting it in. in uh, yeah. I mean, you have to kind of not dumb it down, but General like, public, I guess. Yeah, yeah, make it, make it so that everybody can understand it. And that's what stand up comedy is too. Like sometimes you say a word and not everyone knows what that means. Mm. And so you just have to. I don't know. Be very like universal and very um, like careful with how many words you use and what you use and when you use it. And wow. yeah, word economy. Mm-hmm. That's like why it's just yeah. That's so you eventually. So I mean, I guess it could happen quick, right? You could think of something two days ago, and it could be on open mic for you two days later. And then, I mean, do you wait weeks sometimes before putting something out there, or you do it pretty quick? Well, right now, since I'm on the road and I'm really trying to just, like, be as funny as possible to as many people as possible, I'm doing, like, my A-plus material. Yeah. But there is, like, other things that I'll try and, like, weave in there. Mm -hmm. Like, a tag that I had. I don't know if you remember it, but I said something about, like, me being attainable. And I was like, and I was like, yeah. I mean, like, I'll have sex with someone just because I want a bed to sleep in that night. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, That I I came up with like literally the night before, and I was like, oh, you did that whole bit? No, 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 just like that, just that that one tag. Yeah. So there will be little pieces that I'll think of that I'll add at the end of things, but like the general like whole joke um, has been worked on. Yeah. For you know. Yeah. I I would say. Yeah, two years probably. Yeah. Like I I have jokes that two I... Two years. So what was your anxiety level with <laughs> uh, that? Because like, you've been doing this a couple years. Mm-hmm. And then so suddenly you're just throwing this new material in in your hometown. And it's like brand new. Right. Like, what's the anxiety level 
Like if you had well, a, honestly, like, like I feel like it. So also the rudder stuff. When I was saying like people are playing slots like, yeah. in a rudder, <laughs> like that was definitely that was the first time I ever said that on stage. <laughs> yeah, and that fits perfectly. <laughs> one of my good friends actually represents the slot company. So that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there was a part of me that was like, yeah. I mean, we can see how this is gonna go. Like I'm in Harrisburg and I'm doing York jokes. Like maybe maybe they'll like it. Maybe they won't. But also like. I don't know. There's a level of like comfortability in just like saying something for the first time. Like you, you're, you're sometimes when you do a mic and you do new jokes, they fucking hit so hard because mm -hmm. you're so excited about them and mm -hmm. you're saying them with such a fresh new perspective and confidence and just exactly like, and that's, and, and you're a funny person, right? There's a reason you get into comedy because you're a funny person. You have that part of your brain and people need to, I would imagine at some point realize I'm funny and I can just, say shit and people will laugh most like of I the can time go off if you believe in what you're saying other people will too the confidence it's like when you go up there and sometimes this is something that i'm also like a skill that i'm trying to learn is that i feel like when i tell my jokes over and over again like i get tired of them and i actually felt that way at harrisburg comedy zone like mm. for some reason like i didn't feel like i was saying my jokes like 100 percent. like i was a little nervous my mom was there like oh, was she <laughs> my mom was totally there um, why is there construction at 2 a.m i just think about that joke <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so there was a part of me that felt like i wasn't saying my jokes like with the 100 percent confidence that i normally do and that i was like tired of them or something but it really is like when you like a skill that i'm trying to learn on this trip is to say your jokes like the first time you've ever said them like mm -hmm. that and it's hard to get that skill when you're saying your jokes hundreds of times. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, yeah, it's so, so like backwards or something. I mean, that was something else we talked about in our last uh, conversation um, that we recorded was, so a comedian can become great very quick and then they have an audience. When they have an audience, they're telling the same jokes over and over and over again. It's really hard to then be a comedian Right. And develop new jokes because you're playing to your audience. How do you lure these outside people in that are not in your, like, group? Because right. Because I have no fans. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You're looking at two of them right here. Come yeah. on. Oh, so we invited sweet. you to yeah. the basement. This is a big deal. Um, yeah. I mean, it's that's also what I fear is that, like, so a lot of bigger comedians say that when they play the comedy store, like the original room, like, that it feels like they have to work really hard to make their jokes work because when you go and buy tickets to watch your favorite comedian for an hour, you're going to fucking laugh at what they're saying because you like them. And right. you, That's you like, you just like their cadence. Like fucking John Mulaney could come on stage and be like, Hey guys. And just the fucking crowd roars, you know? So when you're playing to a, like when you're just like on a showcase, where random people are just coming to see comedy and they don't know who you are or really care who you are. Like you just have to work so much harder mm -hmm. to get those laughs. And that's why I feel like when you riff in the beginning or you talk about the last comedian or you talk about the room or you talk about the person sitting in front of you, it just like gets everybody in the room on board of mm -hmm. like, oh, we all see the same thing. Mm -hmm. We all are connected to the same person or the same building or the same billboard that we passed. It's when the we connection. Got here. Like some people, I was talking to, so my neighbor, we do a podcast together, and he's like, what would you do if you had a million dollars and, 
you know, I was like, I do something in comedy. I would do, whether it's comedy podcasting or something with comedy. And it's, uh, you know, he's like, well, why, why do you like it? And I had a hard time, I had a hard time understanding why. And, and there's a lot of reasons. Like I love the freedom of speech that comes with it, but there's something to be said about connecting with another person. Uh, and you had mentioned like you brought your work friends out and it's like, it felt good to bring people out. You might not necessarily have connected with before or something about laughter. And it's, it's proven laughter or whatever creates humor. Like I, it's so much fun to meet somebody that you don't have anything in common with, or they seem like they're on a different level and you find the same thing funny. Like at some level, it, like it brings them down or you up or wherever level you're at. And I think that's an amazing thing that happens because we're always, there's so much funny shit out there and we're all seeing it, but some people just don't want to say it for be politically correct or whatever. Right. And it's up to the comedians of the world to get up there and set it right. And I say mean, the shit that like no, that no one, one wants, wants to, to say. say. And yeah. you're sitting right. next to the people that want to say it to each other and you're saying it yeah. and it feels safe. Yeah. So totally. I mean, it's, there's just so many layers to comedy. It's like such a just long journey mm -hmm. of like learning and growing and like, there's just yeah there's just yeah. so much to it and i just it's hard it's so it's hard, hard but it's, it's i so would imagine rewarding. very rewarding yeah. like the the juice and the squeeze kind of thing i mean you're gonna get so many failures before you get like the one thing that, that and i'm hits. so interested in that to be honest. yeah this is where <laughs> okay so yeah no, i mean yeah. we can dig about into that. it but let's talk about yeah. the failures um I'm, I'm still because good. I feel like that's like something that you don't hear because for whatever reason, people don't want their image out there of the failure. Um, and, and you hear it now and then, but like, that's the stuff I think that encourages people that feel like you said, it just seems so nebulous. I don't know. Like you almost need to hear about like, Oh no, people fall on their face all the time. And it happens. all the time, all yeah. the time. I mean, like right now doing this tour, I will send 40 messages for like bookings and I'll get five to 10 back. And like, that's just disheartening when you like start your day and you just don't hear from people yeah. and you just straight up get ignored. And like, you know, like right now, how do you send them via Twitter, via email, via, via email a lot. Um, haven't really cold called too many people, but honestly my biggest like thing was Instagram. I would look up um, mm. hashtags of like Boston comedy, New York city comedy, Philly comedy. And yeah. then I would find the people who were putting on shows and then I would just message them and tell them what dates I was coming. And, um, yeah. So Instagram has been like my biggest, um, like, I yeah, don't know your biggest word. connection yeah. to getting booked. So before we get into the, like the part about the failures and whatnot, um, curious if this has always been you, like, were you, like the class ca clown, like when you were in high school, elementary school, middle school, or were you more I'm a, an introvert? I'm, I'm like, a business ass bitch. That's what I think. <laughs> okay. Like I have always, like when I have an idea, I will just fucking run with it and like make sure that like every angle is covered and that like every aspect is like accounted for. Like I, I mean, I wasn't like a big class clown in high school. I mean, sure I was funny, but actually, I got a lot of, like, I got my memory box and my yearbook from my mom the other day, and I was, like, going back, reflecting and reading. And a lot of my friends would be like, yeah, you made me laugh. But mostly, like, you would, like, listen and understand me and, like, give me advice. And I feel like the mm. advice thing that I did in college, like, all of that has led to being a comedian of, like, I understand people. I really want to connect with people. And I really just want to tell stories that, like, that relate to people and like connect people. Yeah. 
And like, it's really not about like, oh, I want fame. And like, yeah. if you're doing this because you love it, then mm -hmm. like, you're gonna find success. If you're doing it because you wanna be successful, like yeah. you'll always keep wanting more. Yeah. And like, that's why this journey, I'm like, I'm ready for a 10 year journey, 15 years. Like fucking whatever it takes. That's yeah. good. Because when you get a Netflix special, when you're 25 years old, mm -hmm. You're like, okay, well, now I have to win a fucking Emmy next year. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, and there's a know? lot of, like, jealousy. Like, so I would imagine suicide's just right around the corner. Exactly. Like, I don't know where the meth comes into this. But <laughs> yeah. And I always say that, like, the people who make it are the people who don't give up. So, like, if you're willing to, like, be on this journey for however long it takes, like, yeah. you're going to make it. You just can't give up. It's like the perseverance and, and the the fucking resilience. Like it just takes a long time. Yeah. And you said it like it's got to be a passion. It's got to be because when you're doing your passion and we have this conversation all the time, like when you do your passion, it's not work. It's not. It's just not work. Yeah. It's just like this is kind of fun. And oh, wow, I can I can actually like pay my rent and I can like buy groceries and stuff with this and I can keep doing it. That's why, like, the people who are, like, 40 years old and doing what they love, like, don't look 40 because they're, like, yeah. so fulfilled and happy in their life. Like, yeah. I, like, I love the people that are, like, sitting on the couch, like, miserable with their life. And they're yeah. like, well, J-Lo got work done. And yeah. She's, and yeah. I'm like, yeah, but she's also, like, yeah. okay, J-Lo's about it, bad. Um, she's, <laughs> yeah. like, a personal trainer. Her and Tom Cruise, like, yeah. yeah, are just um, freaks. But, you know, just, like, um. Now, there's people you meet at the store or whatever and you're, like, or a party. You meet them and they're happy. They just, they just look happy. And they're like <laughs> fulfilled and like um, whatnot. I, I feel that way. So like I, I don't feel unhappy or any of those places. Um, so it's it is. It's, it's. I think that has to be part of it when you get started from the get go, like getting started. But there there's so many comedians that are like working through personal like stuff on their own, like. Mm -hmm in their conversations with the audience, right? Right. I mean, they're the ones who are the most, like, sad, depressed people. And, like... And but we need to hear from those people. I know. Like, again, you need to hear that you're normal because we all have, like, these... these thoughts. And yeah. Intru especially intrusive thoughts. That's actually something that I've been kind of, like... Just, like, the more things you do and the more opportunities you get, like, the bigger the voices in your head being, like, work harder, do more, you're not doing enough... And it's like, I'm on the road. Like, can you, like, fucking cool it back there? Like, I'm doing as much as I can. <laughs> and it's still, yeah. it just wants you to do more and more and more. But if yeah. you didn't have that voice, yeah. then you wouldn't be doing more. You yeah. would be complacent. You'd be like, oh, okay, I got the improv. All right. Well, I guess I'll just. There's middle ground, though. There's middle ground. I'm, I'm sure you see it, just people that have potential. And you're like, ah, just work a little harder or just do this. Or, you know, some people, I had a friend like that. And he was such a funny guy. But he just could be so like, nah, I'm not doing that. Like, I don't want it. That's effort. I don't want to. And it's just like, dude, you just got to. So you probably see that a lot. Some people that just have potential. And if they would just, the gear would turn a little bit more. And right. oh, you would just click. Mm -hmm. But that would make them not them. To your point, when you're making a joke or you're saying something, you're like, that's not me. Yeah. That's not who I am. Like, and it was interesting you say that because I, I've been trying to read books and stuff about comedy, like listen to people talk. And it was like, you know, write down who you are as a comic, like who, and, and every time you write a joke or, or whatever, put it through that filter. Like, is this who you are? Is this, you know, 
Well, I hate to use the word brand. I freaking hate that. I hate all these corporate words. I don't want to use it. It's but. true. It's really true. And that's kind of something that I'm trying to work on is like, like when I said, like when I have an idea and I try and like hit it from every angle, like yeah. this whole road trip, I was like, okay, so I'm going to market it, monetize it. Like I made stickers, business cards. I wrote on the back <laughs> of my car, like cross country road trip. You were like, so happy you to give us your business card. You were like, I've got my business card. <laughs> I mean, that, you gave me a great idea about the podcast. I'm like, if I could just give somebody a card, like I'm talking about the podcast, like, hey, you want to do a podcast, like a card. You gave me a great idea with that. Oh, well, yeah. Cool. Yeah. well, I'm glad. And like the stickers too. Like, I feel like they're just a part of my brand. Like they're very phallic based <laughs> <laughs> and you know just like bright and loud yeah. and like you know talk about drugs and stuff <laughs> and like yeah that's like that's who i am that's yeah right. so at some point we have to get into the joke but before we do like i always say that um we shouldn't celebrate our birthdays we should be celebrating the days that we learned or the day we learned to rely on other people to help us you know help us in ways that you know it's something that we feel like only we can do um, what do you see in your world, like for you personally, but other comics about the people around them that help them be successful? When you talk about like the brand, you know, you bring up brand, but the stickers and that type of stuff, yeah. do you feel that you like that could be something that's going to help propel you or is it something that you still just need to own on your own? I mean, I feel like every little part is going to help in your journey, like just the more that you do and... And the more that you like make of it, it's like, you know, if I was going to do this road trip, like that would be cool, but I want to hit, like, I want to document it and like, you know, just, I want people to remember me and stuff. So if they just meet me and meet my, like, like they'll forget my name, but they might see like my card or whatever and be like, oh yeah, like I liked her or something, or I remember her. Um, and I was telling Bob, like, it's all about getting your story out there because people love the, the background of a, of a person, whether it's a comedian or, you know, that's the kind of people you really get interested in is you know more about them other than just their comedy. Well, I always feel like there's really there's levels to like your jokes and how you present them. Like in your first years as like an open micer, you really start to talk about yourself. Like it's always like, hey, I'm Mary and here's a little bit about myself. You know, you always fucking hear that. And then once you tell people who you are, people start to like you. And then that's when you start to tell stories about your life and stuff. Because now people know you and they want to hear like longer versions of that. Mm -hmm. Then you get more people on board and then you start telling people about your 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 thoughts and your opinions. And like that's when you start to get to pe and that's the level where you're like headlining and you're. That's an interesting an perspective. I never thought about it like that. I, yeah, I've seen that. Um, That's a very interesting at, perspective. If you look at the bits, like even the Netflix bits of somebody who's had three shows on Netflix, but if you go beyond that, you can see... The context the is there. The progression. Like, yeah. This is who I am. These are stories about my life, and now this is what yeah. I believe in. It's like in. the uh, hmm. Dante's Inferno. Never. Uh, <laughs> like seven layers. <laughs> of, uh, yeah. yeah. Seven it, levels pretty of hell. Much, Yeah. That's interesting. I never see this is this is the stuff that's very fascinating <laughs> to me, like this kind of breaking down of it. And now, even like that um, open mic night we went to, um, if we could have recorded the first ten seconds of every act, hey, how are you doing? Like, hey, how are you doing? Hey, my mom's Italian and my dad's from Portuguese, so that means I'm. Yeah. Someone's, you know, yeah. everybody has a fucking joke. They were all, like, it was the same, 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 same. And you could see who had done it more than once or more than 10 times. Yeah. 
they were they had moved to a different level. Like Manny came up and he was like, "I like sex." Yeah, he did that bit in his <laughs> thing, which is great. It was a gr- great bit, but yeah. Manny was clearly different in that um, yeah. open mic night. Yeah, than the rest of the thirty. Yeah, because everybody else came up and you know they're just like they they feel like they have right. to say, "Hey, here Establish I am." The, yeah. But if you're Bill Burr, for example. You don't walk on stage and say, "Hey, I'm Bill Burr," because <laughs> every, yeah, everybody knows who Bill Burr is. Like, sure, yeah. He walks up, so he, he, you know, he's at this different level. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's crazy. That's a good point. So you have, do you have like a? So first I definitely haven't really. Line? Oh yeah, um, I used to. I have so many old jokes that I just straight up never say anymore because I feel like I've either outgrown them or they're just not funny to me. Yeah. Um, but oh yeah, they used to be like. I went to school for communications media, which means now I'm a bartender. <laughs> just like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, I um, do you say I, hi when you get up there? Hey, how's everybody doing? Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. I think try, it's a natural you try thing, that up a little kind bit. of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really just like how you feel in the moment, what you say. It's all. So just, getting back to the failures. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. had said like, hey, you reach out to all these people. Yes, and, and you get like a lot of. Get back. You, yeah. So many people ignore you. Yeah. So, I mean, you so you know what it's like that. to be a guy doing online dating. <laughs> that's how it was. Exactly. Yeah. Disheartening. Oh, oh I God, feel for you dude. guys. Well, so you're excited. married. You have nothing to worry about. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, so you get a lot of um, uh, a lot of unanswered messages. Um, you just a lot. So of you have to do a lot of self promotion. Oh my like, God! Like, yeah, ah, just like, all the time. Do you ever like, feel needy? You're like, oh, maybe I'm too absolutely. needy. Absolutely, right I now. feel so annoying all the time, <laughs> and like I feel like that's kind of like a, a personality trait that I have, mm. and so I have owned that. Like I feel like some people like will legit call me annoying, but it but it'll be like, but you're like cute and charming about it, so mm-hmm. it's, so it's like fine. But it gets to a point where you're, where I'm like, oh, I've, like sometimes I feel like I ask too much of people. Like I never know the line of like. Like, I've been making some uh, friends who are bigger comedians, like, through... Because my roommate and I, we host uh, and produce a comedy show on the beach. Ooh. It's called The Ocean Mike. Check it out. So, so dope. I did check it out. It's pretty cool. Oh, you did? Aw. Yeah, Yeah, so we've had people like Jamie Kennedy and Pete Lee, and and, um, and so I've become friends with them. Mm -hmm. And um, and the first time I ever did a whole weekend... Actually, that was the second time. Um, second time I ever did a, a whole weekend, it was because I like asked Pete if I could do it, and I felt really weird about it. I was like, mm. I don't know, I feel like I'm asking too much. Yeah. Like, and um, shout out to Jay Larson. He um, he's m- my boss. I guess I I watch his kids, um, and he <laughs> gives me so much advice. And I just yeah, he really means a lot. But um, he would tell me like, no, you you have to ask. Like if you don't mm-hmm. ask and you sit around, like these opportunities are just gonna pass you by. Like you have to put yourself out there. It's you have to. Fantastic advice. Yep. Yeah. So I asked Pete if I could do a weekend with him, and and the stars just aligned. He was like, actually, yeah, Irvine just asked me to to headline for a weekend. So Pete who? His name's Pete Lee. He um has a special out on Showtime called Tar Dar- Tall Dark and Pleasant. Um, <laughs> very funny guy. But yeah, it's just you really have to ask for. So you things. asked him. You text him. You called him. You. Yeah, I just I just texted him, and he was like, like oh, ah, your finger was shaking. You're uh-huh. like, send. And and he said yes. And then and then it's like, That's okay, cool. so I got this opportunity. Now don't fucking blow it. Like bring it and be funny. <sighs> and so then stressful. and then you'll know. Like okay, then that yeah, I did the damn thing. Like at least I didn't ask for something, and someone gave you it, and then you blew it. But that does happen, like. Sure, it does. But how many <laughs> people don't even ask? 
How much? So many people. Yeah, I mean, you're so asking. Many, you're so like, many that's people the are so like too, are way too like full of pride, and they like want to be noticed, or they want yeah. like if, if they want me. Well, that's there, what I was I'll getting back. Me, like that, to invite like, me. Like they're gonna invite. Yeah, me. that's like, I had a friend <laughs> like that. Like they'll ask me. They're gonna like, ask no, me. No, dude, yeah. you got to put yourself out there. Like, really do. Ego's yeah. a bitch. That's what this whole road trip has been really all about, you know, and just asking for spots and like, just feel like I'm. I'm just being so annoying and persistent and like begging people and stuff. But then when you're given the opportunity and you do well, then it's like, all right, so you earned it. Yes. And like, they'll ask you back. Yeah. They'll be like, are you in town? Are you? Yeah. So how far in the tour are you right now? I think like, I'm about halfway. I started the journey on August 17th. I did Phoenix, Roswell, New Mexico, Austin, New Orleans, Nashville, Pittsburgh. I did Pittsburgh Improv. I got to feature there. Ooh. That was the... Best show of the whole road trip and my entire career. It was. That's a pinnacle, you think? You feel I really think so. cool about it? Yeah. I mean, I, like, I got to feature. So I only featured one other time at Irvine with Pete because his feature had to fly home. Mm. So I was like, oh, well, All right. I can step up. <laughs> and awesome. he was like, okay, sure, let's see. And yeah. it, um, I felt good about it. It was okay, but there was definitely part of me that was like, I have a lot to learn before I do this again. Yeah. And then I was in a position where I was like, oh shit, I'm doing this again, like a month later. Like, oh damn, god. that happened fast. And how did you book that one? So, oh my god, it's a crazy story. I, you know, I'm out here shooting my shot, sliding in the DMs. There you go. And I hit up Joe Dombrowski, who's like, he's a teacher and he does like viral videos, and he's so funny. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, I saw that you're going to be at Pittsburgh when I'm in town. Like, could I do a guest spot for you? Just a five minute spot. Twitter or Instagram. Instagram. Instagram's the thing. Always. Right? Yeah. Always. Okay. That's All right. my shit. So he goes, immediately responded and was like, yeah, of course. I love hanging out with other comics. Like, totally come through. And I was just like, wow, what a sweetheart. Okay. And then <clears throat> I posted that I was going to be doing the spot for him. And I felt a little bit of like social anxiety, like posting about it because I was like, I don't really, like, I feel like I'm, like, bragging or something. And then, like, if it doesn't happen for some reason, now I feel like I'm a liar. <laughs> and I hate that. So, so but then my buddy saw it. And he was like, oh, I know Joe. Like, I work for him. So he told Joe and vouched for me and was like, oh, Mary's really funny. She's a really hard worker. And so then Joe was like, oh, okay. Well, then do you want to host? And so it went from guest spot to hosting. And I was like, fuck yeah, okay. Wow. Wait, is that good? Guest yes. spot. Host is the better one. A guest spot is five minutes. Hosting is ten. So but it's about the time you get. Yeah. Okay. And then and then all of a sudden it just changed and my um, my friend Turner texts me and goes, "Hey, actually Joe wants you to feature and he's going to have a local Pittsburgh comic host." And I was just like, "What the fuck is happening? <laughs> like this is so crazy. Like oh, this dude's never even met me before, never even seen my comedy and like trusted me to open the show for him." Wow. Wow. It was crazy. And I did well and I like I definitely like brought it. To the point where he was like, I'm really glad you DM'd me. Like, thank you. So we're, we're catching you right <laughs> before you. I blow up. You were going no, to. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. I actually think this is the arc. That's the way it works. That's Aww. the way it goes. It well, really does. I really appreciate that. But it is like, it's just such a fucking long journey. Like, yeah, yeah you you are catching me at like a good moment in my early career. But it, it will definitely take a long time for people to know who I am. It, it, it sure does take a lot, but I mean, these are the steps you have to take. Like, you, like you're checking the. Do you check, want that? I'm checking the boxes. Do you want that? I mean, really, I've always said that like stand up is a vehicle. Actually, Fahim Anwar said this, and it's like one of my favorite things is like stand up is a vehicle to take you places. So like, 
you might not become mm-hmm. the next stand-up comedian, but mm-hmm. it will take you to writing gigs and producing. Right? And Would acting. you do writing? Would you oh, be yeah, a writer? Absolutely. Somewhere? That was the that was what I originally wanted to do. Right. That's what when I called my aunt, I was like, I want to write. Right. And she was like, Well, if you want to write, you need to tell your jokes out loud yeah. and know if they're funny or not. Yeah. And get like stand-up is the only place where you will get immediate gratification. Yeah. Like you can write a script and it could be great. And then no one could read it for years. Yeah, and right. it will sit in a fucking shelf and get dusty. You get no you know? feedback even after they read. Well, you it. probably write days, but you get up, hours. You get weeks, on stage yeah. and people are like, "Oh shit, she's funny!" Like <laughs> you know, and it's just so much exposure, and you meet so many people and mm-hmm. gain so many connections and friendships, and mm-hmm. yeah. So stand up is definitely like it's such a good starting point, and mm-hmm. it really helps you to just grow into who you're supposed to be. Like you, well, you find also your get voice. to know yourself as a person. I would imagine through it, like your thoughts, you're having so many internal thoughts and working mm-hmm. out things and who you are in your opinion and meeting so many people and getting challenged on your opinion. And finding your voice. Like when people who at the at the Harrisburg Comedy Zone who all have the online dating joke, like obviously those are like open mic jokes, but yeah. you don't see like, like Bill, I mean, well, Bill Burr is married. That's not a good example. But you know what I mean? Like you start off with like your very average basic like open mic jokes Mm -hmm. and then you just like the more you talk and the more you say you just find your voice and then it becomes harder for people to take your jokes because they're not you they're not coming from your perspective and your point of view yeah yeah and that's the other thing like it's it's nice to get an audience there right and there's this there's this u-shaped curve of all the comedians in the background uh and they do get their little core audience in the front there but it's at the same time i mean you got to remind yourself these are people just like talking shit, mm-hmm. like just so, talking shit. So hard, like uh, some open mics in LA. So after I did the Harrisburg Comedy Zone open mic, that was the first one. I was like, damn, yo, this shit is like, it's awesome. There, it's filled, packed. There's like 40 people watching <laughs> an open mic. Yeah. And then I went to LA and I did like Burt's Back Room, which no longer is it exists, RIP. But um, you would do five minutes, you would pay five dollars for five yeah, minutes. I've seen this, yeah. In a black box theater <laughs> in front of seven people on their phones. It is, it's just the hardest what shit. What is this called? Um, so those are like pay, those we are called. do this pay. down here. <laughs> yeah, no, like, right? We set it up <laughs> right there. Seriously. Yeah. They're called pay to play mics. So you just like, you show up, you, you, so there's this thing called slotted and um, it's just like an online device and you um, just like write your name down mm-hmm. and you usually have like nine or 10 comedians in an hour. Mm-hmm. And yeah. those people paid to get in there that they are sitting paid. there on their phones. And yeah. you paid to. Yeah, you well, because paid. You're performing in front of <laughs> this comics. guy's a genius. Whoever yeah. you're performing in front of other comics who are getting up. Oh, so on there that are hour. comics yeah. that are out there looking on. They the just want to get their point out there. Right, right. It's like time. it's just an open mic of like ten comedians, and then you all take your turn going on stage and listening to each other. But most of the time, you know, you're you're in your own head, in your phone, in your notebook. It's such an interesting concept, though, because I'm thinking about, like, the psychology of this. Like, so you can do that, you know, I could do that here with a microphone and talk to that wall. But there's something about a soul being at the other end of that voice that's absorbing that sound for some reason helps the, mm-hmm. the process. And it's it's very strange how that works. It's, it's yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many different mics in L.A. and there's so many different... I mean, God, you just have to bomb so many times there. Oh my God. And anywhere, in any scene. And it just, you know, it's like, are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable in silence? Are you, you know, do you believe in in what you're saying enough that you can 
roll, you know, roll mm-hmm. it off your shoulders and keep going. And yeah, knowing like this is funny or there's something there. And that's, a, that's, I mean, that's a good question because I could imagine, you know, you go up there and you do whatever and it happens successively that you're not getting laughs. I mean, you have probably a lot of internal thoughts for yourself. Like, fuck, like, am I doing the right thing here? Like, should I go get another job? Right. Yeah. Yeah, always. I mean, always. I mean, just you. You always have thoughts of like, is this it? Like, yeah. Am I making the right choice? Yeah. Like, what? If, what if I'm wasting my time? Yeah. Like, but then I, I always think, um, like nothing really matters. So like, <laughs> if you're gonna do, like, if you're gonna live one life, yeah, like, you might as well do what you want to yeah. do and figure out all the bullshit later. Well, getting back to your passion. I think the passion is what pushes you forward because you find uh, entertainment in it or it hits something to your core. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to keep doing this. Like anything, if you really don't want to do it, you're going to quit. If you really don't want to do it and you hit this failure, you're going to quit. And that's just going to get your real estate license. Yeah. (laughs) God, what an existence. I mean, nothing against people do real estate. I'm sure it's great. (laughs) No, No, it's a good, it's yeah, it's a good um, backup plan like because i always think like um would you get your real estate license is that what you're saying have you thought about it no not not yet not yet but if i if i hit like year seven in comedy and like things aren't really going like i'll probably you know need some backups what marks that what marks is it is it money is it probably my money's in there but like that you would be like nope like not even considering any more career like what is that maybe like a writing gig maybe like i would have to hit like 10 years of like, of, I don't know. Is it's it really, Instagram followers? Yeah, what is it's really it? yeah. hard to say. Yeah. Like what? What is your barometer? <laughs> I for mean, the no turn back for situation. The no turn back. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people hit 10 year, like a 10 year mark. And they're like, damn, like I really been doing this for 10 years. Like what yeah. have I accomplished in that time? And yeah. In 10 years, I would like to get like a late night set at some point. That would be, you know, a goal yeah. or I don't know, but it's, I mean, what year are you on now? I'm on year three. Oh, God. so wow. <laughs> I, I would say you're doing great. Thank I would you. say you're doing Thanks. like the right thing. Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm on the right path and I'm hitting things. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot for for someone. On I mean, you three. made it on this podcast. I mean, right. It takes a lot to get it, on here. Absolutely. Yeah. You update your LinkedIn profile. I mean, I've made it for the podcast. <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> But yeah, I think a lot of people do a lot of reflecting at year 10 of like, mm. do I keep going? Do I push forward? And then, like I said, I mean, the people who make it are the people who don't give up. So if you just keep doing it and keep, you know. Just, yeah, just keep trucking at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Well, we got, I don't know, like 10 minutes left. I don't know. We Should we talk about more failures? We could. I'm, I love the failures. That okay. makes me feel human. Um, <laughs> You've got some. So... Yeah, I mean, just recently, I was supposed to do a guest spot um, on this tour um, at DC Comedy Loft, and the person who I was supposed to do it for, they were performing um, at, like, a local comedy club in the area. So I went there, because I had texted them, and they never responded to me, which happens all the time. So I was like, all right, well, maybe if I see them in person, it'll, like, spark the the memory or whatever, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, for sure. You texted a person. Like a, a comedian. A yeah. comedian, you had their number. Yeah. Okay. And I like, you know, wanted to confirm the spot and they never confirmed it with me. So then I was like, well, I'll just go to their show and, and support them. And like, maybe it'll spark the memory of doing the spot. And I saw them and, you know, I, 
I waited the whole show and then afterwards I was like, yeah, great stuff. Like, so the DC comedy loft thing. And they were like, oh yeah, I'm not doing that whole like show anymore. It's just, it's completely canceled. So, you know, why didn't he get back table. to you though? Like, exactly. I was just like, I was like, wow, I really had back. to drive like the whole way down here to like, uh, like <laughs> to get that news. Uh, like, bro, yeah. I was shown up to DC comedy loft in yeah. a few weeks. Well, that's intentional. Now, and then people forget, right? So he could have said, oh, I forgot to, Right yeah. you back. I saw your text. Uh -huh. Like, I almost seems like oddly intentional. Which it was. Is I don't know. I mean, punching. I think that people yeah. just have like. I also have to think like, don't take it personally. Like, yeah, okay. They don't owe you anything. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. They don't owe you anything. That's fair. Who are you? Like, yeah. you know, it's 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 a long shot for someone to even give you a chance. So like, it's don't fair. go around like expecting shit. Mm -hmm. And that's why like whenever I do hit failures or whenever things don't work out, I'm just like, no. okay, well, it wasn't supposed to happen. They don't owe you shit. Yep still truck along yep. like and do your thing and like other yep. things will happen well I, I think that's the biggest thing in life is um you know things happen for a reason like that thing not happening mm -hmm. usually means that something else, else yeah will happen yeah, yeah on the flip side you put up with this <laughs> you're gonna get this it's, yeah. it's never just put up with this it's got to be a little bit of both so also, another like big failure. I oh, um, I love it. You've got like a whole trunk <laughs> she, of them. She's yeah. like, <laughs> she, she's she's like can a, we reset that like, clock? Her, her moleskin's out in her car, like with the right. failures open up on the driver's seat. <laughs> so, um, my buddy who worked at this place called Jam in the Van, um, it's like a pretty uh, good outdoor venue. They get like a lot of big comedians. They get um, you across the border. Like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was a music venue turned comedy venue okay. during the pandemic. Yeah. But um, early on in the pandemic, they were still doing music stuff and they needed like a host to host this like interview. This is out in LA. Thing. Yeah. Okay. And so my buddy was he, who worked there was like, oh, like I, I, re I recommended you. Like, I think you'd be good to like host this. Um, it was just like a music like tequila like it was tequila a tequila brand sponsored it and so we would like mix drinks and like talk about the drinks and then i would interview um musicians it literally happened one time and like i thought it was fine but it turns out they fucking hated it so badly and i don't know if they hated hmm. me or they just hated like the way that it was shot oh my or God. just everything but eventually like i never heard back from them and i was like <laughs> i was like is this like and i texted my buddy who got me like the gig and i was like is this still happening and he basically was like yeah we had to like scratch the whole thing and, and we're basically like doing it over with the new host Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was Oof. like, damn. All right. This uh, is all over text message? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, no no heart, mm. you know, like, to yeah. him. Like, the fact that he even recommended me for it was, like, yeah. super sweet. Yeah. And I just wasn't the person that they were looking for. I was still very new and, like, not. Yeah, that's. Like, I mean, that's the other thing, too. They have a certain comedy so specific like it's just they had a certain idea what it was going to be right and they already have a host over there that they yeah. really like and like actually one of the musicians that i was interviewing was like hey where is that guy yeah <laughs> so it like sparked like oh yeah he should be here doing this oh not my you. god <laughs> that it um this is in california yeah it was because of your mask jokes that about it. Yes. probably something like <laughs> <Yes>. that <laughs> do you want me to take my mask off <laughs> There's yeah. no doubt about it. So, so that, so that was kind of a bummer. And then, um, oh man, what else? Oh I mean, my God. Is this all this stuff happened recently? Yeah. I mean, that one happened, um, like early on in, in the pandy. And then, the pandy. um, 
you know, I started an open mic at this like hookah lounge that was like renovated into so a restaurant. So you approached the owner or the manager and like, hey, oh, let's yeah. do an open mic. I mean, I like, I was driving home from I Flappers one day and I just, I like had this like overwhelming thought. I was like, I really want to start a mic at this place. Hmm. So I pulled up at like midnight. I walked in there because they're open till like 3 a.m. And I was like, hey, we need to start an open mic here. Oh. He was like, who are you? <laughs> what? what is this? And I was like, I'm a new comedian here. I'd been living in LA for like four months. And I was like, and we, we, we I'm, I'm telling you, like, yeah. we got to do this. Yes. And he was like, okay, like, don't hurt me. Like, <laughs> it was, I was just so persistent yeah. about it. Yeah. And then we did it for like a few weeks and yeah. we just had like some complications with the, with the venue and like, I just, it just didn't work out. And so, you know, when, when stuff doesn't work out and there's really no explanation, you're just like, oh, like. All that work, all that effort. Like, I bought all that equipment. And oh, you bought the equipment? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, my well, God. Now you have it. But exactly. Now I have it, and I brought it with me across the country. And, you, you know, just have it in your car? Wanna, like, set up on a sidewalk or something. <laughs> so you were like, hey, we can do a podcast in my car. Yeah, yeah could have, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just uh, always have it for backup. Um, but, yeah, and I think that, like, really, um, like, we only have five minutes. So any advice for people who are starting comedy is, like, truly just invest in yourself, believe in yourself, like, Buy the equipment, buy the fucking computer or the podcast stuff. Like you're going to use it. And if you don't use it, then probably start to think to yourself, why aren't you doing that? Yeah. Is it because you don't believe in what you're saying? Is it because you don't believe in yourself? Is it because you're lazy? Like, I don't know. There's always like, there's always like something that like holds us back from doing it. But if you really want it, like you just have to fucking go all in 100% and go like as hard as you can. Yeah. And also be funny, prove your point, shoot your shot, like, yeah. and be a good person along the way. That's also really important. Like, you need friends. Yeah. And if you don't believe in other people, yeah, it probably means you don't believe in yourself. Oh, bingo! Shit. That's oh shit. Yeah, that's the thing. Like uh, that part about celebrating the day that you rely on other people to help you mm-hmm. is so huge. We're so a herd animal. We need yeah. each other, and it's. Yeah. It, totally it yeah, helps so much definitely like the help you can get from other people is emotionally yeah. or yeah. even like just being around another person and talking to another person can do so much for most people i mean one of the best things about being in the la comedy scene is like seeing your friends succeed and yeah. like just get opportunities and stuff it's like those opportunities that they get are not hurting you like if your friends get shit They'll help you too, you know? Like yeah, you should just down. celebrate and be happy and like So who are three people that you'd say that we should check out? Uh oh. Oh my god, I love this. Yeah. Okay. Um <laughs> Okay, well my three favorite comedians, like uh, like comedians that are big to me, because like I love comedy and I watch it all the time, um, are Fahim Anwar. He's like one of my favorites and he's gonna fucking blow up. Um, Ian Edwards, he's really funny too, and Moses Storm. Okay. They are so funny, so awesome. I mean, there's so many other people too. Nicole. The fourth one's gonna be really pissed. <laughs> I know. Nicole, Nicole, Amy Schreiber, she's Start really fun too. Yeah. So Fahim, um, Ian, Moses, yeah, Nicole, Nicole, Amy Schreiber, yeah. Any of you, if you want to come on our podcast next, <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna we'll be watching see. your stuff. I'm not yeah. sure they'll be in Harrisburg. Tra- Pennsylvania travel to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, soon. and we'll see you soon. Well, that's the idea. Is like, people coming to town? I know it's not yeah. gonna be. You know, if like, you want your career to blow stuff. up, Fahim, <laughs> Ian, Moses, Nicole, <laughs> I remembered your names. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't write them down. We got gotcha. you. You have to come and be on our podcast. So. so, do you have anything you want to promote? 
Yeah, um, could probably you know, get this out pretty quick. Just just follow me on Instagram at Mary Romeo. Um, you got Mary Romeo. Mary Romeo at I Instagram. Know. You got that tag. I got bro. I've been on Insta since like fucking seventh say. grade. Wow. I had someone, some <laughs> girl hit me down. up, and she was like, "Hey, can we switch users' names?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." No. Like, <laughs> why? Bitch, I'm Mary How Romeo. How rude! Forever. She's Amy. Is she Mary Romeo one? Probably or like Mary like underscore Romeo. I know. I got Bob Spoljarek very easily. (laughs) (laughs) There wasn't much competition. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cool. Mary, it's been great. Uh, This was fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you so much much for having me. I'm so glad I got Seriously, this was awesome. I. Everything. (laughs) I really thought I was going to get killed, but. I I believe you should have thought that. (laughs) You were very agreeable. Yes. uh, To this, which was, you know, to your point, it just, it was very nice of you to understand that this is, you know, something, this is a pilot that I wanted to do and. You did a good job selling it. You're the selling muscle over there, Bobby. I think it's a great idea. Um, I think it's, uh, Mary did a great job on stage. It seemed right, and it yeah. felt. I loved your idea, so Aww. I just thought, I'm so glad why you, not get it started? You had me, yeah. Thank yeah. you. And honestly, like, I hope that you keep doing this and you keep having people from from the Harrisburg Comedy Zone on because yeah, that's what I think. It's gonna Harrisburg end up Comedy happening. Zone is pumping out the fucking yeah. the the. Josh Adam Myers and Shane Gillis. Shout yeah. out to them. They also yeah. at, at the zone. Yeah. Shane so. Gillis, next time you're in town, you gotta come <laughs> yeah. to the basement podcast. We I promise not to kill you. Lots <laughs> of you kill light. us. <laughs> yeah. We'll stock the fridge with Bud Light for yeah. you. So cool. All right. Well, we'll close it out. <laughs>